0: Welcome to the Bad Preaching Podcast
1: with Pastor Brad and Pastor Greg. Welcome back to the Bad Preaching Podcast, and I'm here with Pastor Brad, and I'm here with our missionary, Wayne Wozniak, and we enjoyed the last podcast so much that we decided that we would do a part two. So Wayne is making history here at Nortonsville, the first person interviewed on the Bad Preaching Podcast. And the first part two we've ever had. So congratulations, Wayne.
0: Kind of
2: like Rocky
1: two. There you go. <laughs> okay. So I don't know what this will do for your career as you go forward, but uh, whatever it does, we're sorry. <laughs> so, uh, how about, um, I think a great question for our listeners would be this. Wayne, what does a missionary do on a day-to-day basis? Can you just... Just, to, I was fascinated when I was with you in Colombia to hear the stories, to see what you did. But can you just maybe walk us through what does a missionary do on day to day?
2: It would probably depend upon what type of missionary they were. They were. I, I know missionaries that are like veterinarian missionaries, medical missionaries, okay. like ones that run orphanages and all. Mm-hmm. My wife and I are missionary educators. And we're working with two Bible colleges, one in Peru, one in Colombia. And it's the purpose of the college is to train young men and women, uh, put in their hands the tools they need to be effective in ministry. And then we try to raise the funds to send them out and plant churches. So I spend uh, about seven months a year on the field. And during that time, I'm visiting the different colleges, teaching classes at the colleges, recruiting recruiting teachers, meeting with the teachers and all And then I spend five months out of the year in the States fundraising to keep both schools operational and raising funds for the church plants when they graduate. So I would say probably on a day-to-day basis when I'm on the field, get up, have breakfast, uh, ride a motorcycle to the Bible College. Uh, During the month of October, I'll be teaching every day. Uh, We do modular classes, so it's a two-week class. And so I teach a, a class in the morning, and then in the afternoon, I'm grading papers um, staying in touch with people, I'm constantly communicating with pastors and letting them know how we're doing. And uh, but we love it. My wife and I love being missionaries. Hardly a day goes by that we don't thank the Lord for calling us to be missionaries.
1: Yeah. That's so powerful. And when you say seven months on the field, you specifically are splitting some of that time between two countries, right? Peru and Colombia,
2: right? Usually during those seven months, I'm a, a little over a month in Colombia, and then the rest of the time I'm in Peru.
1: This uh, this is such an interesting conversation for me, uh, Pastor Brad. I think about when I was growing up, or even maybe as a young adult, I would think of missionary, and in my mind, you just picture someone preaching to the masses all the time. Missions work in my mind was someone goes and they preach, and they bring people together, and they preach, they bring people together, and they preach. But as you have just explain to us in detail, there are a lot of specializations within the missions field. It's not just evangelism. You're an educator. Do you like being an educator?
2: Love being an educator. And another part of our job that I didn't really mention is visiting our graduates. And that's probably Mm. my favorite part. I love visiting our graduates, seeing them being fruitful in ministry, being able to encourage them, pray for them, give them an offering. Yeah. But there are missionaries that do the preaching part.
1: Right, uh, right, right.
2: Manning Thornton, a very close friend of mine, he's a missionary evangelist, and he goes to different countries uh, around the world. He's been to 65 different countries, and they'll do these big preaching crusades, and he'll preach to a couple of thousand of people. And uh, But he's also a missionary educator, and when he finishes right. up the crusade, right. he'll go to that country, the, the Bible college in that country, and
1: teach. Wow. That's powerful. So There's a lot of moving parts to your ministry, and uh, it's really neat, too. You are, in a lot of ways, an advocate for the students in your Bible colleges, but then you're an advocate for them after they have planted their churches and become pastors. And can you talk to us a little bit about that? I know the other day you had a picture of of a church in some need of repair, and, and I know Nortonsville helped last year with a church that needed a roof. So you're very much an advocate for them.
2: Well, I think I learned that at Advancing Native Missions when I worked okay. for them. That, okay, okay. That cool. Bo Bereda was a, was a true advocate for missions, and he, he's the one who actually taught me that term, to be a, a missions advocate.
1: Wow. Okay. And
2: uh, and so uh, we do try to raise funds, and whenever I mentor young missionaries, I always tell them, try to raise more than what you need for your budget because you want to have money to give away and bless others and do projects and things. And we've enjoyed through the years being able to partner with uh, Nortonsville. You guys have helped us get motorcycles for our graduates. You guys have helped us put up buildings. You've helped us to remodel. And you've even helped us to bless pastors at Christmas time and give their kids a a nice gift. So we appreciate you guys always being open to do
1: that. I think that's neat. I know when I was um, there and with you in Columbia, each time, we visited pastors and churches, you always made certain that we had gifts to give to them to bless them. And I think that was that was wonderful. And I said it in the last podcast, uh, Pastor Brad, uh, I feel like Wayne is kind of like their Apostle Paul. Yeah. And I, I'm not saying that trying to be funny. I really think that's, that's really so interesting and so significant, so powerful. And you all have married a lot of students. I think you enjoy that as well.
2: Yes, I've married over hundred of our graduates. I mean, you
1: personally didn't marry them, but you performed the ceremony. I did the wedding Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just in case anybody's taking it literally. Yeah, well, yeah I'm not a Mormon. <laughs> <laughs> right. so, um, I think Pastor Brad has a question, but I, there was one question on the last podcast, and I just— Feel feel like I want to circle back to it because I feel like Wayne like, is dodging the question a little bit. Like, my card-playing skills when I w- was with you <laughs> in Columbia, you, you really don't want to talk about any of that.
2: Um, well, I, I, psychologists say that you tend to block <laughs> out traumatic experiences from your mind, so okay. I've kind of blocked it out of my okay. mind. Now, I do remember him playing a wild card over and over Over. again i'm like hey bud you don't want to discard your wild card you need to hold oh is that wild and he would put it back in his hand and he'd stare at his hand for a few minutes and then he'd discard the same wild card again i'm like dude that's a wild card finally i said okay that's enough i'll just let him discard and i'll take it Um,
1: okay so i guess we're not going to get into me giving tips today or anything but i just wanted to go after that question one more time on the the bad preaching podcast Uh, pastor brad
0: you have some questions i do uh, Wayne, you're a gifted storyteller. you mind telling us a couple of stories just from you on the mission field, things you've learned or experienced?
2: Uh, I love telling stories, and, and sure. Uh, one of my favorite stories is the story of Rebecca. Some of you might know Esau or Esau. We do. Uh, this yeah. is his sister, Rebecca, and she's a little bit older than Esau. And she was um, she was 16 years old when her father, who was a pioneer church planter, in Peru, planted over 20 churches. He was killed by the Shining Path terrorist group, brutally murdered. They cut him, literally cut him in pieces and threw the pieces off of a cliff. And Rebecca got word that her father had been brutally murdered this way. And it just was a, wow, it just turned her off to the idea of ministry. And when we got to, we we arrived in Peru a year later and Phyllis uh, took, Rebecca under her wing and tried to encourage her and pray with her and help her work through, uh, the feelings that she was dealing with and tried to encourage her to come to the Bible college. And Rebecca said, Nope, no way. I've, I've saw the way that God takes care of his ministers and I don't want anything to do with that. And so we, uh, well, we got this Bible school started and Rebecca showed up the, the first day of class and, uh, and she was all teary-eyed, and she says, The Lord's been dealing with me, and I feel like I want to follow in my father's steps, and is it too late for me to come to the Bible college? Oh. And so well, we, uh, and we, we told her, uh, It's absolutely too late. You'll have to wait till next. now. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we took her, and she became one of the top students in the very first graduating class, and then she floored me when it got time to do their internship. It's a two-year classroom and then one year internship and we asked her where she wanted to do her internship and she says i want to go back to the village where my father was martyred and i want to plant the church there and uh so she went there and she, she actually reached out to three different communities and was like a circuit writing preacher wow. pastoring three churches wow. at one time and phyllis went to visit her one time in the mountains and they would walk from for hours to get to one of the churches and then walk hours to get to the other one. And it was impressive what she was
1: doing. Well, what a great story. We'll be right back after this
0: break. Hi, this is Josie. We hope you are enjoying this episode of the Bad Preaching Podcast. Please join Pastor Brad and Pastor Greg each week and enjoy the discussion. Find our weekly sermons on Facebook or YouTube. Just search Nortonsville Church of God or visit our website for a podcast recording of each sermon at nortonsvillecog.com. Welcome back to the Bad Preaching Podcast, we're here with Wayne, and Wayne, thank you again so much for your stories, and one thing that I've really found in your story, something that has kind of carried over, is Phyllis and, and your ministry together. I know from just being married for just a little time that I've been married, Josie's helped this ministry out tremendously, and us doing ministry together has really grown us closer to together, closer to God but it's really even advanced that ministry even further. Could you tell us a little bit about just you and Phyllis and how God has really used you two in ministry together? Wow.
2: That's a very good question. Uh Phyllis was called to be a missionary before I was. Mm-hmm. Remember it was her not wanting to date somebody because she didn't want to get sidetracked. <laughs> so, uh, She wouldn't even consider dating me until she realized that I was called to be, until I told her, y'all, I'm called to be a missionary, too. And so I'm basically on the field because of her. And Phyllis is a tremendously gifted administrator. So she basically takes care of all the administrating of, of both Bible colleges, keeps up with the finances, and she also teaches, actually runs circles around me teaching. Sometimes we'll teach together a, a class or a seminar, and I'll finish my part and think, man, I really hit it out of the ballpark. And then she'll get up and just like, wow, run circles around me. So she's very gifted and just a real passion for, for missions and for ministry. So I'm very, very proud of her.
1: That's awesome. What are some of the courses that you guys teach?
2: Well, Phyllis is very good at prison epistle. She loves the prison epistles, the pastoral epistles. She teaches the life of Christ. She teaches pastoral counseling, and she does a, a very good job on teaching family relationships. Uh, I teach usually the apologetics. I like teaching homiletics, which is how to preach, hermeneutics, how to interpret the Bible correctly, which are very important for a minister, and then I teach some of the biblical classes of Corinthians. I teach history of Christianity and also history of the Church of God. And I always enjoy teaching that class so I can kind of instill in our students a love Mm -hmm. and loyalty to our church.
0: Could you tell us a little bit more about your studies with apologetics?
2: Well, I, I learned when I first became a Christian, I was under the impression that to be a Christian, you have to turn off your brain and just blindly believe the Bible. Mm -hmm. And I didn't realize that there was evidence out there. And I remember I was at uh, Lee University and one of our teachers was going over some of the evidence that backed up the credibility of the Bible, the archaeological evidence. And I remember just like, wow. And I I was actually teary eyed in the class. I couldn't Mm -hmm. believe it. I went up to the teacher afterwards, like, man, where'd you get that information? And so he introduced me to uh, Josh McDowell and Evidence That Demands a Verdict. I started reading it, and he had several books that he footnoted, and then it just became a lifelong hobby of mine. I love, mm-hmm. I love studying apologetics. I'm actually considering starting a doctorate in January on a, a doctorate of ministry in apologetics.
0: Awesome. That's amazing. Awesome. With the
1: students in your Bible school, tell, tell the listener what the age range is, typically in, in the Peru and Columbia Bible schools.
2: Well, most of our students are, are 18, between 18 and, say, 30. But we do every so often take a 17-year-old. In fact, there's been a couple of times if we've even taken a 16-year-old because they can finish high school as early as 15 in, in, uh, in South America or in Latin America. And then we have had students, we had a student one time in their 70s. Presently in Peru right now, we've got a, a lady who's studying with us who's uh, 57, and wow. she's, uh, wow. she was involved in, in children's ministry in her local church, and her husband died during the COVID crisis, and she started getting a pension, and she thought, I don't want to just sit on a rocking chair and uh, let, me, let me go to the Bible college and prepare for ministry. And so she's there studying and, and, and a good student.
1: So um, this is an impromptu question. I gave you no prep for this. If you were not a missionary, what would you be vocationally? I
2: would probably be a pastor in the States. Okay. I love ministry, so I'd be in some type so, of ministry. So you're yeah. still
1: in the ministry, what if you weren't in the ministry? What would you like to do?
2: I'd probably be a drug dealer.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, that's a good time to end on the bad preaching pocket. Now, okay, well, I'll talk I, I, to I'm, our, I'm not real
2: sure. I'd probably be a teacher. <laughs>
1: I'll talk to our producers, see if we can edit it out. <laughs> boy, we are the producers, right, Brett? Yeah. Uh, that's right. <laughs> That's great. Well, I've learned a
2: lot about that in Latin America. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right, That's right.
1: So uh, we have about five, seven more minutes, depending on how long we want to go on this podcast. Wayne, share a story, maybe even a couple stories, would you, from the, from the mission field?
2: Okay, I'd be glad to. Because of my interest in apologetics, I'd like to share my favorite story related to apologetics. Awesome. And this actually took place here in Charlottesville when we were pastoring a Hispanic church. There was a lady from Puerto Rico who was actually the niece of a big-time evangelist in Puerto Rico. She was raised in Christianity, but she ended up marrying an atheist that she met in the university. And he told her that she had been brainwashed as a kid and that there was so much evidence that there was not a God. And so, little by little, she got uh, fell into atheism, married the guy, and... Uh, she was teaching at Albemore High School with Phyllis, and Phyllis started trying to witness to her and share with her, and she kind of told Phyllis her story, that how she had been raised in the Christian home, but that now she was an atheist and didn't really believe in God. But she started coming to our church and uh, kind of cold, but, but wanting the, the fellowship, at least, of the of believers and all. And, uh, and then one day her father, who was a very devout Christian, got cancer and he was in the hospital dying and she considered us her pastor. So she said, Hey, my dad is dying of cancer. Would you, would you visit him? And so we went and visited her father and it was, it was very moving. We sang and I knew he was very bad off because I sang a hymn to him and he liked it. (laughs) And, uh, and then when I went to, I shared some scripture with him When I went to pray for him. I remember him saying, you know what? I know where I'm going. Let me pray for you and your ministry. And he prayed for My Phyllis Lord. and I. And it was and, and Olga s- sat there and listened to the whole thing. And uh, so then, uh, just the next day he died. And she remembered how he died with such joy and such peace, and knew where he was going. And then it was just a couple of weeks later that her mother-in-law in Puerto Rico was dying of the exact same cancer and she went to puerto rico to 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 be with her in her last days and she said it was just a night and day difference that the 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 lady was um just afraid and don't turn the lights off don't leave me alone and just uh, horrendous and so one tuesday night prayer meeting she showed up to the prayer meeting and she said uh can can I speak for a minute? And I said, sure. And so she shared and she shared the whole story. And she finished by saying, I've seen the way that a Christian dies. And I've seen the way that an atheist dies. Wow. And I want to die a Christian. And so I'm ready to give my heart to the Lord. And that wow. night in prayer meeting, she gave her heart to the Lord. And, wow. and I'll, I'll never forget that. Uh, I know how a Christian dies and I know how an atheist dies. And I don't want to die an atheist.
1: Wow. That's, that's a great Great story. What a great way to, to uh, wrap things up. We have enjoyed talking to our missionary, Wayne Wozniak. And Brad, I think you have one final question.
0: Yeah, Wayne, we love your ministry, and I'm sure our listeners have really enjoyed hearing all the different stories, hear what your, your ministry, you and Phyllis, are doing. Do you mind just giving our listeners a little update on like how they can support you or different ways that they can give to your ministry or just be a part of it?
2: okay the the easiest way to support us is is if you're in the Nortonsville Church just give through your local church just mark your envelope uh, uh, for missions for Wayne and Phyllis or if you want to support the Bible College South American Bible colleges and 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 uh, and we have two, two accounts at the World Missions Department, one for the schools and one for us personally. And up until now, we haven't had to take a salary from the school. So every time they sponsor a student or what awesome. have you, that goes directly to the, to the operational budget. If you're not with the Nortonsville Church, uh, you can look up uh, Church of God uh, World Missions. Uh, I think it's uh, cogwm.org. And uh, and look for projects and find us under South America. And, and you can give online uh, through World Missions. Thank you for that question.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you so much for being with us. Yeah, thank you, Wayne.
1: And thank you for listening to the Bad Preaching Podcast.
0: Thanks for listening today. Join us next week on the
1: Bad Preaching <laughs> Podcast.